Okay. So today I'm joined with Tyler from the Bright Side Slate. Um, and Tyler, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, my name is Tyler. I use he, him pronouns. I'm a junior. Uh, I go to Pitt, obviously, and I'm studying politics and philosophy and finance. Cool. Thank you so much. Um, so first, would you like to share with us um, the your initiatives and um, I guess your board's initiatives as well? Yeah, sure. So I am running for president. Um, together, my slate is running on the Bright Side slate. Seeing how much the Pitt community has been able to come together and be so creative and innovative with ways to engage students, especially freshmen who have had like a really hard time at Pitt, has, has given us a sense of hope and optimism that we wanted to translate into our campaign. And it's, and it's not as though like we, we don't, you know, there's, it's not all the bright side, you know, it's, it's, um, it's certainly not been easy. Um, and it's certainly not going to be easy going forward. But um, we, we came up with the name Brightside because we wanted to be that sort of, you know, slate people can look to and be optimistic and hopeful because I think a lot of us want to, you know, some sense of normalcy. A lot of us want to see um, us make it through this pandemic and, and hopefully, you know, our slate and our initiatives, you know, will, will be that sort of way for people to, to have some hope and to see that then maybe there can be some positivity and some beyond just pandemic related things, just like, you know, real change on Pitt campus. And so, like I said, I'm running for president. Um, my initiative areas are pretty broad, um, but I have four of them. The first deals with civic engagement. And so civic engagement with that, I want to make it a lot more relevant, meaningful and accessible um, because you know it's not as though at Pitt, we don't have opportunities for civic engagement. They're everywhere. You can volunteer across the entire city. There's so many community organizations, but at Pitt alone, there's different you know organizations you can get involved with all these different places where you can get involved, right? But it's hard to, with, with so many different opportunities and options, it can be really overwhelming. And I know I was incredibly overwhelmed as a freshman. Like I had no idea where to start. I just sort of stumbled on the student government board because I saw them at the activities fair and I was like, I'll give them a shot. And then really I learned about the opportunities that were sort of relevant and important to me by word of mouth through my peers. But I know a lot of my friends when they first came to Pitt were, were just like, you know, active in high school, at the very least, they did like volunteering through Key Club or something like that. But they didn't really know what to do because a lot of them weren't even native to the Pittsburgh area. They didn't know or weren't plugged into all the opportunities and they didn't really find their niche early on. Um, and so part of my goal with civic engagement is to work on making it a lot more accessible. Um, first, by taking like the only office, I think that's really working on civic engagement that on a student level, which is Pitt serves and turning it into this broader civic engagement hub. And working with some board members on a proposal to turn Pittsburgh into a civic engagement hub, um, which would utilize the Stanford Civic Pathways model. Um, and we submitted that proposal to um, Dean Humphrey. They're reviewing it and are gonna get back to us. And we're gonna have a meeting with them in the middle of March. Um, but we're, we're interested in, in broadening the institutional perspective on civic engagement. Um, so we can have structures in place that, that have places for students to, to go and, and learn about all the different resources and, and, and be able to find what their niche is. There's this big need for a lot of students who are looking for some, some, some guidance from trained people who know of all the different opportunities of Pitt and can plug you into where you need to go. And so I worked with two student government board, two of my peers in student government board, and we created um, the first ever 
civic advising program at Pitt. And so we offer peer advising, but there are also faculty and staff and community partners um, who offer advising and can give students, you know, uh, advice on how to get civically involved at Pitt, which I think is really cool. And I want to work on expanding and broadening that and adding to that. And then my second initiative is promoting transparency and collaboration between students and admin. I think part of this is holding the university accountable to a lot better timelines um, for sharing information. And I call it the COVID stuff specifically because I think, you know, there's a lot of frustration with students, especially with um, the, the housing messaging that was happening this 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 semester, right? Like students didn't know that they were moving in until two weeks before, um, which to me is like kind of unacceptable. And, and also on risk posture statuses, like I remember in the fall, they gave us like a two day notice before they were like, everyone, you have two more days and then we're doing, uh, you know, back to quarantining um, before you go back for Thanksgiving break. And it didn't really give students a whole lot of time. Um, and so I want them to, I, I want to hold the university accountable to a lot of their timelines for that. I also want to use student government board public meetings um, more frequently as town halls so students can like directly ask questions because it's really hard like how can you ask a question to the chancellor right and so or or even sometimes the dean of students and, and so having opportunities where students can do that I think is important and that's something that I want to work on and then um, more broadly like transparency um, you know I, I want the university to release a lot of their information that they haven't been releasing especially like on tuition um, and specifically how much of their money is going to institutions like the Pitt Police. Um, and I also want to, them to release information on um, the dining group, Compass, because I think I've had meetings with Joe Beeman, um, haven't been hearing any concrete numbers, but they've been saying that unused meal swipes and dining dollars have been up this past fall. Um, that could be due to the pandemic, but it could also just be due to students not feeling as though the opportunities for dining are just like super relevant to them. And so I'd love to know what those numbers are so we can like hold the university accountable and our dining group accountable because to me, it just seems like they're profiting off the pandemic, which is kind of unacceptable to me in my eyes. Um, my third initiative is, is promoting not just diversity, but inclusivity. And I think part of this is just because like Pitt likes to, you know, top their numbers that they have like a kind of diverse, you know, student body, but um, at least, you know, for myself, you know, uh, and, and a lot of my friends, like it, it can be hard to find your niche especially when you belong to, you know, different groups that, that are historically like underrepresented. And so I was, I've been working really hard and I created the LGBTQIA plus task force in the fall um, as vice president, chief of cabinet of the board. And I've been working to build this stakeholder coalition. And we currently have like over 70 faculty, staff and students on this task force um, who are all working together on this proposal to um, improve resources across campus for LGBTQA plus persons, um, faculty, staff, students included, um, but also pushing for a uh, LGBTQA plus center. That's something um, the LGBTQA plus population that has been asking for for many years now. And then um, just other general recommendations like the student health services, um, things like that as part of that report. And then I'm also looking into ways that the student government board can use its reserves to fund parts of the Black Senate demands, whether it be some of the scholarships, um, like endowing a scholarship, with some of our money, um, because that was an un, those were very unmet demands. Um, using some of the reserves to fund some of the programmatic elements that some of the departments couldn't fund, things like that, um, just to make it a little bit more, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just show our support for a lot of the demands that like are definitely really important and weren't met. And then finally, I want to reduce financial stress for students. Um, you know, I, I think during a pandemic, we should really be looking to pay less money, not more. Um, and, and I think, you know, I speak for a lot of students who are displeased with the quality of 
you know, education in a virtual environment and, and feel as though they're not really getting the same level of education. Um, and so, you know, I want to advocate for fee cuts where they make sense and are reasonable. Um, so things like, you know, the transportation fee for fully virtual students, um, like the printing budget for students who aren't even on campus and can't even use that money, right? Like, why, why are they paying for this? Um, and then advocating for a tuition freeze after the pandemic, um, especially next year. Um, and then adding to the student COVID-19 relief fund, which has been really successful. I think student government boards contributed like over $250,000 to it last year when the pandemic first hit. And I wanna be able to make that resource a lot more available for even more students who have faced financial hardship, even as we're exiting sort of the, the pandemic, you know, going into the summer and stuff. I wanna make that a more accessible resource. So that's sort of me. We have a really diverse, range of perspectives on our slate. And I think that's also meant to capture the very diverse student population at Pitt. And so a bully Kespot who's running with me is a junior. She's studying neuroscience and psychology with minors in gender, sexuality, and women's studies and chemistry. Um, she's running for a board position. She's been on the allocations committee and student government board for three years now, which is an incredibly long time. And so she knows how the student activities fee works pretty much in and out and has engaged with probably almost every single organi student organization at least once um, in her time at Pitt. She, she has this really good knowledge of, of, of both what student organizations want and need and how the allocations committee can sort of help them and student government board more broadly can help them achieve, you know, their, their goals and purposes. So she has an idea of what student organizations like sort of need. And so she wants, she, she has three A's, allocations, activities and awareness. With allocations, she wants to just make the process easier for students and student orgs to get the money that they need. Um, and with activities, she wants to facilitate communication across student groups, like proactively and create, you know, groups with analogous objectives. So like bringing together, you know, potentially ASA and different groups under ASA, for instance, or, you know, bringing together different Greek life groups, um, just bringing to creating groups of, of, of student organizations and communities with analogous objectives so they can collaborate and work together um, more proactively. And then her last A, which is awareness, she wants to establish regular correspondence between students and their departments, deans, and student government boards to make universities transparent as possible. And so, so having that awareness is, is definitely important to her. And then uh, Matt is also running with us. He's running for a board position. Um, he's a sophomore studying politics and philosophy with minors in econ and public service. Um, he has been involved in student government board quite a lot in his time at Pitt as well. And he has two main initiatives. Um, his first is civic engagement, but specifically he wants to work on voter registration and voter engagement um, in off-year elections, especially in local elections, because Pitt does a really good job every four years um, in terms of getting people out to vote and register to vote, but it's those gap years, which there's currently like a lack of, of a real push. And so he wants to make sure that students not, are not only registered to vote, but that voter information and registration information is more accessible. Um, and, he, and he knows how to do that because he's, he's worked with the Pittsburgh Task Force um, and, and has a lot of really cool ideas to make that happen. And then his second initiative is to just generally uplift and support Greek life. He's really interested in making sure that, you know, Greek life is represented and, and the needs of Greek life are, are being discussed in the rooms where decisions about them are being made. And, and then lastly, Nikita is a sophomore. She's double majoring in history and political science with a minor in studio arts also very involved in student government, but is a member of Theta Phi Alpha as well. Phi Fidel to the Prelocrat, um, and she does some writing for her campus. And her initiatives would, she has three. Her first is increasing diversity in academic resources. 
And she wants to do this by creating networking systems for international immigrant students. Um, her second is new mental health resources through more preventative mental health workshops. And her third is focusing on creating a more engendering a spirit of um, legal transparency on campus, but also making legal resources more accessible to students who have everyday legal needs. Um, some of the things that we've encountered, you know, on our campaign too, and and in my time at Pitt as well, is just hearing that a lot of students have issues living in South Oakland with like landlords and stuff like that. And so creating a legal hub in the heart of campus is something that she's interested in doing to help address a lot of the student concerns and needs. Um, but I'm going to stop talking. No, thank you so much. Um... It's obvious that your whole slate is very involved and has thought really hard about um, your initiatives and actual um, ways to make them happen, which is super great to hear and something that obviously as voters um, for SUV elections, we want to hear, right? Um, so my next question for you is what experience do you have that makes you the best fit for president? That's a great question. Um... I like to think that my time as just like a student, but also in student government board really gives me the experience and expertise I think well, that'll make me really successful as president. And, you know, I've, I've been involved in student government board all three years that I've been at Pitt. I was a member of the first year council my freshman year, which is a group of 10 to 12 students, which represent the needs of all the first year students. And so we worked on a lot of really cool events, programs and initiatives. Uh, and that year I also you know started to get a little bit more engaged with the Community and Governmental Relations Committee at Pitt. Um, and I applied for chair and ended up getting it as a sophomore. And so as a sophomore, I worked as the chair of the Community and Governmental Relations Committee. And I learned a lot more about, you know, the different needs of the university and what students really want. Because as the chair, I, I, I had to reach out to so many different student groups to put on events and partnerships. Um, oh, and as a first year student, I put on this really cool speaker series. It was, it's, it was um, an immigrant restaurant speaker series. And it was a week-long event where we brought in different immigrant-owned restaurants from different areas of the world and we brought in faculty and staff as well which came in and spoke who were native from those areas and who immigrated to the United States as well and it was a really cool experience because it was like students got to eat the food of these different cultures and, and learn about the cultures in a very um, sensory way in a way that like just not just hearing but also tasting and, and exploring you know different cuisines that way so I, I definitely have a lot of experience in that regard, um, but also just like in, in the Community and Governments Relations Committee, I, uh, you know, put together a lot of really cool signature events like Civic Engagement Week, um, Landlord Tenants Workshops, um, worked to, worked on ACC Advocacy Days and went down to um, DC with some of the board members where we lobbied for um, a bunch of things on behalf of the ACC schools, such as Title IX reform, because that's when um, Betsy DeVos was instituting some kind of problematic changes across the United States. So we lobbied um, to some of our uh, elected legis legislators to make sure that, you know, they were taking into account Pitt's needs and our students' needs. And then I ran for board last year. Um, and obviously I, I, I got it because I currently serve as vice president and chief of cabinet. Um, and, you know, on board, I've, I have, you know, heard from so many different students, done so many different things because... I mean, as board, I've worked on my own initiatives, but I also collaborate with a lot of other board members on a lot of other things. And so, you know, whether it's, you know, writing statements uh, over the summer in support in the student government board solidarity and support of the Black Lives Matter movement um, and Black students at Pitt and the Black Senate demands, or supporting the fossil free divestment movement by issuing a statement just this week um, in, in 
in support of the fossil free pit movement and, and, and writing this formal statement sort of acknowledging that a lot of the things that the Board of Trustees report mentions are not meeting students where they're at or working with pit signing, um, getting rid of Sodexo, and then actually working with Compass groups to make sure that they're listening to students and are being accessible and equitable to students in, in, in ways that, you know, without government, without student government word toward working with them, they wouldn't have been able to do that. And um, like I said, working with the LGBTQA plus task force, um, networking with faculty, staff, and students, being um, serving on university senates and board of trustees committees, um, I am one of the only people that can say that I have all this amazing experience and, you know, a lot of people like to say that, like, it's, it's good to have SGB outsiders and I think that's great too, but for the position of president, I think it's very different because the, the student government board president is in charge of the day-to-day -day operations of student government. It's not like as a board member where you just work on your initiatives and stuff like that, like the president oversees everything and so they have to know how student government board works and how the different committees work and how shared governance works and how the allocations process works in order to really like be a good president. I can get started day one, like actually making real change on campus. And a lot of my initiatives and my board members initiatives are, are super informed by our experiences and we know what student government board can and can't do. And so all the things we come to you and everyone else's voters with are, are things that we know we can achieve. Um, and also like I, I will lean on you know, I, and I do lean on my running mates as well because they have their own unique perspectives and I learned from them and they've told me what, you know, their different student groups and student organizations need. And, you know, I, I like to say that, you know, it's it, we're a very student feedback centered campaign and we listen to students and meet them where we're at. And it's not something we just started doing as a result of this campaign. Like a bully, like I said, has been chair of the allocations committee for three years and literally has talked to almost every single student group. And so our slate not only really actually like meaningfully engages with students, not just over the past two weeks, but our entire time at Pitt. Um, but also we have the experience and expertise to, that, that shapes our initiatives in a way that's gonna make them actually doable. Um, while also like having the experience and expertise to get to work for everyone on day one. I think we bring that experience and expertise. Thank you so much. You definitely have a ton of SGB experience, both you and the rest of your slate. And thank you for all that you've also done for SGB. Um, also, that restaurant series sounds so cool. I wish I was there for that. That seems amazing. Such a fun experience. Um, it was so amazing. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. It sounds great and delicious. Um, and such also just a great way to connect our community with um, our campus. Um, so my next question for you is, what do you think is the largest issue facing our campus? That's a really tough question. And I think it, it really depends on who you are as a student, not only like your year, um, but it also depends on so many other factors that, that make up a student's life and student's perspectives and things like that. And so, you know, I hesitate to say that there is like one overarching issue that almost every single student faces that would say that it's the most important, but something I can solidly say that is super important um, is definitely like financial stress. And I think the pandemic has certainly exacerbated a lot of the serious hardships that many students are facing who are taking out, you know, huge loans and not receiving stimulus check payments from the federal government because a lot of us are still qualified as dependents and therefore we don't receive the stimulus check. And so we're sort of in this limbo situation as college students where a lot of my friends have to work jobs during the pandemic, risking their safety and their health 
in order to make money to be able to afford their rent, afford their living um, conditions, afford their payments on their loans. Um, it's been very hard for a lot of students um, financially. And, and so I think that's one of the biggest issues. And that's one of the things that, you know, I bring up in my campaign is something that I'd really like to help with um, using the resources and power of student government board where we can to help decrease those costs or remove some of those financial stressors for a lot of students on campus. But yeah, but I think a, another close one is also just like mental health. I think that's been really difficult for a lot of students during the pandemic. Um, and I'm very fortunate to be working with, um, you know, my, my slate who's really interested in mental health, especially Nikita, who wants to really revamp how mental health is thought of and considered on campus and, and come up with proactive, um, you know, workshops um, for mental health resources for students and engaging more with the counseling center and, and meeting students where they're at, as opposed to making students come to the counseling center, which can be a very hard experience. So there's so much stigma around mental health. Um, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm also really excited about the fact that we have so many other amazing candidates running, um, not even in my slate. Like I know Danielle in Elevate is working on this really cool initiative um, with mental health liaisons. And that's something that I'm super interested in as well, because I think I think, you know, in any way that we can create positions um, in student organizations, so students know that they can come to their peers who are trained in the mental health space. I think that that's a really great opportunity because, you know, it gets rid of some of the stigma of having to go to a counseling center, but they can go directly to their peers and their student organizations, which are some of, you know, a lot of students consider their student orgs their homes on campus, right? Their best friends are in student orgs that, they, that they're with. And, and so having a mental health liaison registered by source in, in, in all of those student groups um, is, I think, a step in the right direction to making mental health a lot more accessible um, to students, um, especially during this pandemic. It's really hard, but I think, I think those are some two of the really big ones. Yeah, those are definitely huge. Thank you for talking about them. Uh, so now for more some more specific questions tailored to you. Um, ASA is obviously a cultural organization. So your initiatives for diversity and inclusion are important for us. Um, what are some ideas you have for ensuring inclusion and uplifting the voices of co cultural organizations? Yeah, that's, I think that's, it's, it's definitely really crucial and part of my platform um, that I'm really proud of. And I think for, for me, I've in, in my initiatives and things that I've been working on, I've tried to approach things from an intersectional perspective because it's not just LGBTQA plus persons that we're dealing with when working with my task force, right? It's like, you know, Asian American LGBTQA plus students or Jewish LGBTQA plus students or um, any other type of intersectional identity like, you know, LGBTQA plus men, women, whatever gender identity someone chooses to, um, to, to be. And that's sort of, uh, that, that, that approach has sort of dominated all of the different ways that I have tried to create some sort of degree of you know, platform for um, diversity and equity and inclusion. Um, and really my, my idea is just creating spaces um, where individuals feel as though, you know, their, their own identities are cherished and valued um, and, and feel as though they have their own home on campus. And so, you know, for me, I've been doing a lot of work with the LGBTQIA plus task force to create a space, a physical location where these students can feel as though they have you know, a home on campus because there's there's really no space. There's this tiny office in the Rainbow Office, um, which which simply is not you know enough room, um, and and there's not enough 
um, resources in terms of counseling services and student health services, especially for our trans peers. Um, and then moreover, you know, there's just not enough staffing structure to support LGBTQIA plus faculty and staff on campus. And so, I mean, that's something I've been really interested in, but more broadly, just creating space for organizations like on the sixth floor of the of CCOB. Um, like I've been working with um, some of one of the things that we're talking about in terms of the SGB reserves is is looking into maybe um, re reformatting or giving a facelift to the sixth floor of the CCLD and making it a lot more accessible. And so we've connected with ASA. Cynthia has been joining us in those meetings and, and a lot of different stakeholders across um, the entire sixth floor of the CCLD to make sure that, you know, that space is really working as intended for student groups, because I think a lot of cultural orgs um, especially call the sixth floor of the, of the union home. And like, that's sort of a space where they can go and join around that big table in the middle of the room and do homework and chat with each other um, and, and have, you know, office hours in the different offices around the sixth floor. And so it's a really cool place. And that's something that I'm definitely interested in doing, like making sure that the spaces that we have on campus are working um, and also making sure that if there aren't spaces that are working or there aren't spaces at all, creating those spaces and making sure that all students feel as though they have a home on campus. All of that sounds so fantastic. Um, also, thank you so much for talking about intersectionality. I think that's definitely something um, we need all of our student leaders to realize and understand more. So I was so glad to hear about that. Um, my last question for you is you're obviously very passionate about connecting students with civic engagement opportunities. What do you think is the, the importance of our campus community being involved in our broader community? I think it's really important. And sometimes it's hard for, for students to conceptualize. Like we live in a city, um, but we're also kind of separate from the city. We live in a neighborhood. Oakland is a neighborhood and it, literally my neighbor on Coulthard Avenue is this like 80 year old guy who lives with his like 90 something year old mom and I think a lot of times as students we just sort of forget because a lot of times students are living in dorms and they don't really engage with the broader community, the broader neighborhood, stuff like that and, and a lot of times students especially during the pandemic, it's even harder because you feel like you don't even want to leave campus. You don't want to leave your dorms. And so you don't, you neglect to realize that we live apart. We live as a part of this, this neighborhood and this community. And, and we are just a very small footprint in that community. I mean, we, we, we have a lot of buildings and stuff, but like in terms of just like numbers of people, like we, we are living amongst people whose lives have been here their entire life where we might only be here for four years. And so it's super important that everything that we do when we engage with the community or even just live with the community is done in a sustainable way and and recognizing that you know the sometimes the things that students do can be disruptive to the community right and so working with the community members hand in hand to make sure that we aren't being disruptive is super important and so that's why i've been attending oakwatch meetings um since i was a sophomore the very beginning of my sophomore year my sophomore fall um, Oakwatch is part of the OPDC, which is the Oakland Planning and Development Corporation, which is a stakeholder group of Oakland residents. Um, they have an office literally in the middle of Oakland, um, and they meet monthly to discuss some of the biggest issues that are going on on campus. And as a student representative on behalf of the Student Government Board, I've gone to those meetings. I presented on behalf of the Student Government Board what we're doing, how we're helping the community. And then I take feedback literally right from the community from those meetings and bring it back to student government. Um, and if there's anything that we need to work on, then that's something we work with OPDC to do. And so, but more broadly, I mean, it's not just Oakland, right? It's all the different neighborhoods like Squirrel Hill, um, Lawrenceville, Shadyside, uh, Southside, the Strip District. Like we're, we're a part of this really vibrant community. And, you know, in my time at Pitt, I've 
I've been very involved with city government. Like from my first um, two weeks at Pitt, I started working with the Commission on Human Relations downtown, which deals with um, enforcing anti-discrimination law in the city of Pittsburgh in housing, employment, and public accommodations. And, you know, I've, I've learned firsthand what it's like to live in a city that, you know, systemically, you know, disenfranchises a lot of individuals. And students can exacerbate that problem sometimes just through some of the actions that they don't realize. And, and, and so I, I've been, you know, very fortunate to be able to, to hear about, you know, what the broader community is doing and, and always keep an eye on, you know, what the broader community um, needs and, and in working with city government as well, I've, I've gotten that perspective. And so I like to think that, you know, I want to definitely and certainly bring that perspective, you know, to the elected office of president because recognizing that students aren't just, you know, this isn't just like a party town, right? This isn't just all students, right? There are actual people who live here too, I think is really important. Thank you so much. It's so obvious that you're very passionate about all of your initiatives, which is, again, like as voters, it's so important to hear and um, gives us a lot of hope for next year as well. Um, so those are all of the questions I had for you, but now I just want to give you the floor if there's any last things you would like to say or promote. You can follow us on Instagram at Brightside Pit. Uh, have like I updates on our initiatives. Um, we post a little bit more in depth about what we're running on. Um, we also have Instagram takeovers, which are saved on our profile, so you can read about a little bit more about us. Um, that's sort of it. But also vote on election day. It's next Tuesday, March second, eight a.m. to eight p.m. Please, please, please turn out to vote. Tell your friends to vote. Um, if you like sort of what I'm running on and what my campaign is running on, the most important thing to do is vote. Um, and tell your friends to vote. Tell 10 friends to vote um, and, and get those 10 friends to tell another 10 friends to vote each. And hopefully we'll get voter turnout to be really high this year. Awesome. Thank you so much again for joining me today. I've had such a great time talking to you. Yeah, thank you.